0: Hey, welcome to Grace Online. My name is Josh. I'm the lead pastor of Grace Free Church. I'm pumped that you're here. And if you are part of our online location, you are part of Grace Free Church in every way, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. If you have more questions about our church or want to know more information about the incredible programming we have for you and your family and your friends, or if you just need prayer, our team is here to serve you. And by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, to get the full grace online experience jump over to our actual grace online location It's found at www.gracefreechurch.live on this page you're going to find links to our state-of-the-art kids content you just click the kids link and we have absolutely incredible content to help them grow and be encouraged and learn more about jesus And by the way, before we get started, hit the connect button. It's our main way of communicating with you about all of the incredible things that are coming up with Grace Free Church. I don't want you to miss out on anything. We're here for you and we have amazing stuff for you. And the way to learn about that is through the connect link on this page. I hope you're ready for an awesome worship service. God's going to do some absolute incredible stuff. Jump in the chat. You can connect with people through there. I'm pumped for the worship. I'm pumped for the message that's going to come this morning and, uh, or whenever you're watching it. So let's get ready to worship together.
1: Death, your perfect love is casting out fear, and even when I'm gone in the middle of the storms of this life, I won't turn back, I know you are near, and I will fear no evil for my God is with God is with I can see a light that is coming for a heart that holds on a glorious light beyond all compare and there will be an end to these troubles but until that day comes we'll live to know you're here on the earth
2: What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is.
0: pray and we'll get right into this next message in our Christmas series. Um, Dear God, we thank you so much for this opportunity we have to worship you. Uh, We're we're so grateful that we have these places to gather and to cut away from all of the distractions we have going on in our lives and all of the stress that has been building, all the things that we're anxious about, all the list we have going on and just spend an hour focused on you. I pray that you speak to us this morning. There's people that have rolled into our locations exhausted. I pray that they would find refreshment in you. People that need encouragement would find encouragement. The people that need strength would find strength. And those of us that need to be challenged that this morning would be an appropriate challenge from you to step out of what's comfortable into your plan for our lives. We know it's always better. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome to our Tremont location, man. I'm so glad that you are joining us. I hope that you are inviting all your friends out to Christmas Eve. Welcome 930, the early crew. Man, somehow there's not a parking spot left in Crusona but you guys still managed to keep the front row open for me do us spit or something? Like is, there, like, is there some projectiles that come loose? I don't know what's going on, but it's okay. I love you for who you are, and I thank you for loving me for who I am. We're so glad that you're here, and we're jumping into our next message in this Christmas series. Last week, I told you there, we, I don't have a title for the Christmas series and that my team has been harassing me for a title so they can keep it all organized online. And our nursery director... Uh, Tiffany Eifert hit me up afterwards and she's like, I got a title for you uh, based on last week's message. Um, and the title she picked out for us is Crank It Up Christmas. So I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. We're going to run with that. Last week, we had a message called Simmer Down. Some of y'all need to simmer down.
1: <laughs>
0: and that was all about keeping our perspective elevated, a seeing life like a little more like God would want us to see it. It's, it's about Um, pulling out of our circumstances, not letting our emotions drive us. And we looked at Joseph, how easy it would have been for him to get swept away in what was initially perceived as great hurt, betrayal, and loss when his bride-to-be was found to be pregnant. That was... Probably pretty traumatic for him in those early moments. But God showed up for him and did something incredible and elevated his perspective and helped him see his circumstances from an eternal kind of heavenly view. This week, we're going to jump in and talk about Mary. Do you remember that, Mary, by the way, I got mad emails and text messages about Mary last week because I threw the song, Mary, Did You Know Under the Bus?, And while I apologize if that offended you, I still stand by my rating of that that song. If that's your favorite song, there's an extra hug for you somewhere. (laughs) It's just not coming from me. (laughs) uh, We're going to talk about Mary and maybe redeem myself a little bit this morning, hopefully. Uh, Do you remember, those of you that are social media gurus... um, you know, somewhere between MySpace and Snapchat, Facebook had this thing where you would update your relationship status. Do you remember that? Like, talk about drama. Some, some friend, like, you would just, it would just pop up. Like, and what it would say is, it would be like, somebody has marked their relationship as complicated. Do you remember that option? Like, if somebody would do that, they would go on, they'd have a fight or a disagreement or things would be going south with somebody who we were dating or their significant other and they would find it appropriate to jump on Facebook. I don't know why we do this. We do this. We share way too much on social media. Can I just get an amen from someone? We don't do that here, but just like, yeah, some of you are nodding your heads. Um, like, some of the things we share on Facebook would be better shared with a close friend that could say, you're a little crazy right now. (laughs) Simmer down. Go listen to the sermon from last week. Um, People would write that. It's complicated. It always cracked me up. One, it it highlights our weird obsession with drama in each other's people's lives because people would get all like, Ooh and whoa and did you did you see that? And and then in the comments section everybody takes sides and all that weird stuff. We like drama too much, but what cracked me up about that status is duh. (laughs) Yeah, it's life's all I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been married, I don't care how in love you still are, maybe you've been married 30 years and you still feel like it's the honeymoon, great, guess what, life's always complicated, relationships are always complicated, I think that the people that have been married the longest would vouch for that and say that a successful relationship is one that learns how to work through the complicated parts of relationships and life. I don't know. I've been married a while. I love it. But, you know, ask somebody with white hair that's been married for closing in on a century, and maybe they would agree with that idea. Nobody's been married closing in on a century. Are you with me this morning? Like, I I feel like I'm not even sure if you're pulling your weight here just little, need a little more coffee. Um, it's always, life's always complicated. Relationships are always complicated. If you rolled into church this morning, if you rolled into Tremont this morning, if you're watching online, if you're here 9.30 persona this morning and you're like, man, it, I don't know what's going on. I don't know which direction this is gonna go. I don't know if we're gonna make it because dot, 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 it's complicated. If that's you... Welcome to your Christmas story. It isn't all bells and whistles. It's not all, oh, baby Jesus in a manger, how cute. (laughs) It's not all, ooh, some shepherds brought their sheep by for a little. That's not it, man. Like, it's complicated. It's okay if you rolled in and life's been a little complicated recently. You're not broke if your relationship has been a little complicated. And what I'm finding is that, man, God does some. Here's the spoiler alert. You can, you can probably work on your grocery list the rest of the message because this is, this, is this is what we're talking about this morning. God does incredible stuff that we see differently in the midst of the complicated spaces in life. Can I just read? And maybe you'll hear this part of the Christmas story a little bit differently. Like we talked about Joseph and how beat up and banged up he was last week. Like that's the reality of the Christmas story. And when we look at Mary here in Luke chapter one, if you, if you have a Bible, you wanna flip there, phone, you wanna kick it on and open up an app. I use the YouVersion app. If you want a paper Bible, because I love to write like things in mine, and maybe you do too, we give them away every week and you can just grab one on the way out. Can I just read this to you? Maybe you can hear a little bit of Mary. Maybe we can learn some stuff about uh, Mary in here. It says this in verse chapter 1 and 26. By the way, Mary's amazing. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now this engagement was a bigger deal than our engagements in our day. We we take our engagements seriously. Uh, especially if we got some really wicked, cool, filtered pictures we want to post on Instagram. But (laughs) regardless of how great those pictures turned out, engagements, betrothals in this context, in this point in history, in the world, in the Bible, were a a bigger, more serious deal than than they are today. Uh, They were actually like, They were actually like legal documents you would sign. It it was an important part of their process, and they handled it in in a much different way. Um, Kind of a heavier, more of a legal part of the relationship leading up to the contract of marriage um, was this contract of engagement or betrothal. So it says this. It says, The virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, That's important because for centuries, the Bible had been predicting that the Messiah or prophesying that the Messiah would come from the line of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. That's important. (laughs) It's just good lead-in to what is about to happen. It's something important to remember Before the complexity of life comes, is that, man, God thinks highly of you. You are important to him. Maybe not in the exact same ways that Mary is favored, but still, nonetheless, God favors you. I don't know if you roll into this place with a different version of God. Maybe some church history in your life has presented a different version of God Can I just gently, lovingly say, like, the God of the Bible is way better than the God of religion. He favors you. He loves you. He offers you his grace. You are important and valued to him. This is personal and intimate. And even if that makes us uncomfortable, it's way better. Mary was greatly troubled Even at the good words, wait till what happens next, Mary, you got something else coming. And wondered what kind of greeting this might be. You know how you're suspicious when he comes home and he's like, hey, you're so beautiful, you're so great. And you're like, I'm pretty sure you just want to go on a trip. Feeling those kind of vibes right now. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. I'm not sure if she's about to faint while this is all going on and maybe it's lost on us because we are not as in tune to the Old Testament or the Torah in her day prophecy, pushing towards the Messiah. But to Mary, someone who had studied this her entire life, someone who has been faithful to God, someone whose religion was important to her, like this description is clear. He's saying the Messiah, the long-awaited one, the Savior of the world who would offer redemption, who had turned the page to a new chapter of how we relate to God? This Messiah is who I'm talking about. That's a big deal. It may not be clear to us when we read all that about David and Jerusalem and Jacob's descendants forever, but what that shouted to Mary was, "You're going to give birth to the Messiah, the savior of the world." Mary's next word is important. She says, "How. <laughs> But it's not if, if this is gonna happen, then what? It's how. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Fair question. Fair question. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, this isn't part of the message, but I just wanna clear it up. It's talked about a lot online. This is in the miracle, supernatural realm. This is not in the physical, biological realm what is happening to Mary. Like, I don't know where you fall on the miracle thing. But like, this is a miracle. It can't be explained from a physical stuff. Because God transcends the physical. By definition, he is supernatural. We should not be surprised. When he does the supernatural, the angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come. I read that part. So the Holy One will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, this is important. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word of the Lord will ever fail. Mary replies, "I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled." Had to be a tough. Is time up? What's going? On? <laughs> there we go. You got y'all right back there with the lights. Um, exit stage left. She goes from this place and she jumps. Uh, she goes to visit Elizabeth. Elizabeth has this crazy awesome reaction. Uh, de- makes this awesome prophetic declaration. And uh, Mary has this incredible song, all great sermons for other moments. But the key here is that she stayed with Mary, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months. Three months. We're going to amp it up. It's going to like strobe light soon in here and think, <laughs> sorry about that, Tremont. If our lights are messing with you, our team will fix it soon. And uh, it's good practice. It's good practice. I don't know what it's practice for, but it's, it's always good practice. Life's complicated. And uh, so our, is our lighting system, apparently. Uh, sometimes we think that everything falls into, like, the good or the bad category. We do this with people. Some people have done this with you. You know, they will take a part of you or a part of your past, or a part of your story, and they'll try to like put you into like the good category or the bad category of life. We do it to others. We see a, a mistake maybe lived out or um, something that is obvious to us in the, in the news or social media. We'll say, and, and somehow, deep inside of us, we like want to click the, that's all bad, or that's all good. We lose... And then we're shocked when the people we put in the that's all good category make a mistake and they aren't exactly the person we put on the pedestal to begin with. And we're surprised when somebody who we've written off as all bad does something that maybe doesn't fit in that category. Sometimes we put our circumstances in that category too. Like maybe classify a relationship. It's all bad because it's been bad lately. Reality is, like, it's probably not all bad. Reality is, even if you're like, it's all good because it's all been good lately, reality is, too, it's, it's probably not all good. Life is more complicated than that. And what you have here in the story of Mary is a very complex doesn't fit into the good or the bad category. There are parts of this that are so troubling that the message has to be filled with reassurance for her next. She's in the middle of incredible, this moment with God, this prophecy about what's about to happen, this realization of this blessing that is impossible to completely comprehend, and also in the middle of what's everybody else going to say? when they realize that I'm not praying. How am I gonna explain this? This is gonna be significant damage to my relationship with Joseph. What if he doesn't get it? What if he doesn't believe this happened? What if he thinks I ate some bad mushrooms? What if everybody leaves me? What if my my family disowns me? What if my friends stop talking? You see, it's complicated. It's complicated. And Mary finds herself in the middle of this complexity. But what she's about to find is that in these moments of complexity, God does some incredible stuff. And we see him clearer than when things are just all bad or just all good. I don't want the bad stuff in my life. I want it to be all good. But the reality is that life throws some pretty wicked split finger fastballs at us. They're hard to hit. And it gets really complicated really fast. People are complex. Relationships are complex. And what I am learning is that I need to accept and acknowledge the complexity of life, both the good and the bad, and learn how to trust God, learn how to ask him, trust and ask him to bring beauty out of the good, the bad, and the complex. I think it changes how we talk to him, how we pray. I think it changes how we look at our relationships, I think it changes how we can look at our circumstances when we can say, God, this is good and this is bad. This is complex and I am unsure of what's going to happen next, of what people are going to say, of how things are all going to pan out. But I'm going to trust that you are doing something in the middle of this. That maybe I can't fully grasp right now. And I'm asking you to do something beautiful in my life. In both the good, the bad, the complex. It changes how we, and maybe, maybe it should change how you've been talking to him. She ends up with a lot of fear in the middle of her blessing. Wouldn't it be great if the blessings were just cake with some icing? Literal cake. I love cake. Wouldn't that be great? Like If the blessings just were always uncomplicated, but it's just not life, and it's often not how. Sometimes God blesses us with just straight blessings. Sometimes the best steps forward come with a significant amount of fear. You have here... Mary's next step, it's scary, but it's still right. It's troubling, but it's still good. It's hard, but it's worth it. Your next step may be scary, but still right. It may be troubling, but still good. It may be difficult or hard, but it still will be worth it if you can trust him to work through your fear if you can trust him enough to follow to the blessing he has for you. Mary's fears are probably a lot like our fears. And she flips her question from if you can do this to how will this happen. Now, I love the if question. I love it. I I love asking it. If you've heard me preach for any amount of time, you've heard me do the what if questions. I think they're important to like, get our minds thinking in different directions. Well, what if this is not right? Or what if that is right? Or what if God can do more than we ask or imagine? Those are important questions and good questions in your faith journey. But, but sometimes I think they're not as good as the how questions. Because you see, in Mary's question of how, what you see is a trust expressed in uncertainty. If it's like, if God is who he says he is. If you can do the impossible. What's that going to look like? If, 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 if. They're good questions, but next level. Because you get answers for the kinds of questions you're asking. The if this is possible would have been met with a yes. But she asks this different and, I think, faith-filled question. How? <laughs> okay, okay. What, I trust that what you say is true. I just don't see how it's going to happen. I trust in your direction for my life. I just don't know how I'm going to get from point A to point B. I want to step into my purpose. I just don't understand how you will use me, someone like me, to make a real difference in anybody's life. How is this beautiful, faith-filled, and important question? I love it so much. I think it's so much better a question we need to Use more is maybe stop asking God if he's God and start asking him how he wants to work in you or your circumstances, your relationship. Maybe stop asking if it's possible. God, is it possible that you could fix this relationship? It seems like it's impossible. God, is it possible that the resounding message from all of scripture that he has been pounding you with over and over again is of course of course it's possible. You're talking to God. <laughs> Maybe a better question is how. I love this faith-filled question here that Mary throws because her asking it introduces the reassurance of God. It introduces the reassurance of a God who is for her. And and when when you start asking how instead of if, I think it opens us up to see the reassurance and the affirmation that God wants to give us in the direction he is taking us. He doesn't always say, oh yeah, A to B, 2 plus 2 equals 4, or A to B leads to C. It doesn't always look like a roadmap for life, but it always looks with him reassuring how he is going to work in us. What he wants to do in our lives. This question introduces to Mary the reassurer. God affirms. I'll say it it this strongly. When you're seeking him and his direction for your life, he will always affirm it. He affirms it through his word. He affirms it through people that come alongside you. He affirms it through a friend who maybe not even know that they're being used by God to affirm the direction in life. He'll affirm it in open doors. He'll affirm it in closed doors. But when you are seeking him, he always affirms the direction for your life. You don't have to figure it all out. He'll help you get there. You don't have to understand all the steps. You don't have, you can, hear- guys, you can, Maybe don't throw the directions out. But you don't have to like memorize the directions of life. He will affirm your direction. Here's what else the reassurer does. He reminds us when we're seeking him. Because we need the reminder over and over again that nothing is impossible for him. That kid you have with that hard heart and that addiction, nothing is too impossible for him, That relationship, the papers about to be signed, nothing is impossible for him. He reminds us that sometimes we need to hear it before we see it, sometimes. So God hits us and hits Mary with this, nothing is impossible for God. And sometimes we need to see it before we experience it. So God says, Check out Elizabeth. (laughs) Man, she was done when it came to the baby making, like like that ship had sailed. But guess what? (laughs) An affirmation, a reminder, a show that nothing is impossible for God and you can trust his direction in your life is right here in front of you. Maybe today is the moment you need to hear it before you see it. And I've been through some complex stuff in life, so I'll just speak from my experience that even when I have thought it impossible for God, he has proved me wrong. Maybe you just need to hear it. Maybe you need to see it before you really step in and experience it. You know that in Tremont and here you are in, and online maybe, depending on who you're sitting with watching, you are surrounded by stories that I would put in the, holy cow, that's a miracle that happened. I've had people sit in my office and I've been like, where's the nail? Because I'll put the last one in the coffin. And then like God does something incredible. Mary goes to be with Elizabeth for three months Really hard days, I'm sure. Really complex questions. But she is putting herself in a space where she is literally watching God work. If you showed up to church today, man, this place is alive. It's not dead, it's not just religion. God's doing some incredible stuff in the lives of the people around you. We see it all the time, and you might not get to, but you are in that kind of space where sometimes you just need to sit a little. Maybe just not rush in super late and take off so you don't have to look anybody in the eyes. Maybe get to know a person or two because what you're gonna find is people just like you on a journey just like yours with complexity in the bucket's full. Not everybody nobody here is perfect. Everybody puts on church filters, but guess what? It's real people, man, going through real stuff. She spends three months living in the presence of what God is doing. And sometimes the change you come that, that you want to experience in life starts in a space where you just get to surround yourself. With people who care for you, people who are a lot like you, people who struggle with the same kind of stuff, but God's doing something in them too. I'll leave you with this, and this is it. Mary says this incredible thing. Let it be as you say it is. She says that to God. And can I just, this is it. That is always greater then let it be as I hope it will be. Let it be as you say, God, in my life is always greater than let it be as I say in my life. Let it be as you say in my life, God, is always greater than let it be as they say it can be in my life. Ultimately, this defining characteristic of Mary is so beautiful because even in the midst of the trouble and the complexity and the questions and the difficulty and understanding and the fear of what is going to happen next, in the midst of it all, Mary says, God, what you want is more important than what I want. Maybe the direction of your life has been maybe not heading Down the best path. Now would be a great time. I need to do this from time to time. To realign myself. I get all selfish and weird and distracted too. Sometimes I need to stop and be like, okay God, what you want. What you want in my heart. What you want in my workplace. What you want in my relationship. What you want. I I don't always see it. But I trust It's greater than anything I could have hoped for. Dear God, we thank you so much for the story of Mary and the complexity that you work in in her life and you do something absolutely incredibly beautiful. Some of us, we just need to hear your reassurance and affirmation. We haven't for so long. And um, maybe we've been distracted or asking the wrong questions. But we want to admit to you this morning that we see, we see that life is complex and that you are working in the middle of all of it. We see that you can do more than we thought of asking or could have imagined in our lives when we're following you, just like Mary. We want to know how, but ultimately we trust that your ways are greater than our ways, that your direction is greater than our own direction and that in following you, there is an abundance of blessing that hits us deep in our heart. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen.
3: Good morning, Grace family and friends. We are so glad you have joined us to worship at our online campus. I want to take a moment and talk a bit about why we as a church encourage giving. Did you know that giving is considered an act of worship? It's true, Paul addressed the Philippian church on this very thing. In Ephesians 4, 18 through 19, Paul states, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Paul, of course, is referring to their offerings here. Paul continues, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Paul used these gifts to further the mission of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And just like Paul, our mission at Grace Free Church is to share this good news throughout Schuylkill County. We want you to be a part of this mission as well. By partnering with us, we can reach the people of Schuylkill County. In fact, we can't do it without you. You may be thinking, how, how do I partner with Grace Free Church? Well, One way is through giving. We made this partnership process very simple. In fact, we have several methods to assist you in joining this mission. You can mail your gift to the church, you can text your gift to 570-528-2060, or you can give online by clicking the Give Online button on this page. The Give Online button also has a recurring giving option, which is a great way to schedule your gift giving We appreciate you and are excited to see what God has in store for this church.